The Kansas City Chiefs are ready to light the fire on the 2023 season, and Mike Golick and Mike Golick have something to say about it today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this special episode of Locked On Chiefs, your team every day for free on every platform, including YouTube, where you can like, sub, and hit the bell right now. All the audio platforms, Spotify, Audible, Apple, everywhere you can get a podcast, you can get ours for free every day of the week. You everydayers, you already know that, and we appreciate you very much. If you want in on the action, make sure you like, sub, and hit that bell. As well as the text line, you can hit us at 816-357-8781 and get yourself in the know. We have a great show, an, an actual episode with Mike and Mike, uh, junior and senior Golick of Gojo and Golick their new show, and their takes. They're going to be live from Arrowhead and what they see for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's get to it. We are here, folks. You are lucky to hear from both Gojo and Golik today. You want to hear their new show. Lots of things going on. The Chiefs are starting it all, and that's where we want to get started. It's a Super Bowl fallout, and it's always, I think, makes things difficult to get up and going the next season. Senior, what does this do when you have to come off of that, that hurdle and get your next season kickstarted? What's the challenge this week for the Chiefs? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you, every team tries to climb the mountain and only one team gets there. Now, the Chiefs have gotten there a couple of times. So I think because they know that feeling, I think it's going to be less of a problem than the first time that you climb that mountain. Plus, they had, a, you know, they have a, an experienced coach as well. So I don't I don't see a big issue this time around because they've done it before in knowing how they have to prepare uh, so I think they're going to be right there at the end again. We never know how a team's going to start out because three preseason games, but how much do the starters actually play? So it's still always a rough beginning. But because but because I think they've been in this position before, I don't think it will be much of an issue for them. Hey, and Junior, if you were in the room, what are you telling them to focus on? Is, is it back to fundamentals at this point in the season where you're just trying to keep things simple and then build on it as the season goes on? I'm focusing on whatever Patrick Mahomes tells us to focus on here. <laughs> uh, but it, it really is, I, I think, that simple sometimes as far as what you go back to because, you know, that's what veterans deal with every offseason. You know, I only got to be a young guy in a lot of those rooms. But for the veterans, you saw the benefit of all that experience on display where we're installing the day one stuff, the stuff that's probably not going to ever make it into a game plan because it's so basic and so cookie cutter. But for most of those guys, they've got unspoken bonds for guys like – you know, Mahomes and Kelsey and some of the veteran guys in this roster, this offensive line that now has a couple of years stacked together, there's going to be things that they do automatically by the end of the season that right now you just kind of go back and over-communicate and work through. A lot of it, quite frankly, I'd imagine is getting the guys that are new around here up to speed or the guys that were even young on last year's team, which we know that she said a lot of in the secondary, stuff like that. And that's where the benefit of a Mahomes comes into play. I saw him talking to Chris Sims the other day on a feature, and he said – you know, my goal every year, my job every year is to come back and make sure guys have that fire going into each season. And when you've got a guy that's Hall of Fame trajectory, greatest of all time trajectory, and he's got that kind of attitude where he's not going to slack off. So who else in the building can watch the way he works and do the same? It helps kind of reset everybody to understand, all right, we're going to have personnel changes each year. We're going to have roster changes each year. How are we going to morph that team with the loss of coordinators, different voices in the building? And you're right, get back to, 
the base level stuff that you know works and then how you're going to build off that foundation and some of the things from last year with the way you're inevitably going to change like we saw the Chiefs do last year multiple tight end packages a lot of the 12 and 13 personnel stuff that became such a big part of their success I I like the way you put that because the lead dog's always the one controlling the tempo of this roster right and it helps to have somebody on both sides of the ball. So, Senior, it, it's been a pain, to tell you the truth, this whole thing with the situation with Chris Jones. Now you have the offensive side that you think you can get settled out because, you know, the GOAT's there. But it's the defense and the part that has to support him. With this distraction, with Chris Jones not being in the organization right now, the holdout continues right now, who knows what they could be talking about. What does that do to setting up your young defense? Well, to, to me, it's not a distraction because it's like an injury. When you're injured and not playing, you're a ghost. That's just the way it works. If you're, that's why you hear coaches say about holdouts, listen, we hope we get it worked out, but until we do, they're not around. So you can't worry about them. The next guy's got to go in and play. So to me, it's not a distraction. You, you figure at some point you're going to get him, whether it's week one, week, it won't be week one, week two, week three, week eight, if he holds out that long that I think you're going to have him. So you look forward to that and say, okay, whenever we get him, let's just make sure we work him in slowly so we don't get a soft tissue injury, but we have him by the end of the year in the playoffs. And reason being is you can outscore opponents. Kansas City can win a game 35-32, 41-38 because of the offense that they have. So while they're going to miss him on defense and they're going to give up things because he's not there, they can make up for it on the other side. But as I said, it is like an injured player. When you're not there, you're not forgotten about, but you you can't help. He can't help the team this week. So he's not really thought about as, well, he could, boy, if only he was here. Well, he's not. You deal in reality really quickly in the NFL. I'd imagine Willie Gay and Nick Bolton are going to think a lot about him when all of a sudden they're getting bodied by Detroit Lions yeah. interior offensive linemen every other play. Yeah, let's hope that they can survive that. And that's exactly where I'm going next. So, so Junior, when you look at that, this is an up-and-coming Lions team that wants to make a mark. They see a weakness. The middle of that defense is going to be suspect. The Chiefs have given up the run the last couple of seasons, honestly, by decision point, not because they don't have the horses, but they're protecting the pass, and that's their philosophy. What do you think this Detroit Lions team can do to come in here and try to combat them early in this first ballgame? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's going to be where they want to make their living. And if the Chiefs are willing to give that up, it's one thing in a game where that might not be an opponent's strength, but for the Lions, ball control can now become a part of what you do. This can be reminiscent of, remember those early Patriots game plans when Tom Brady was still in New England and they played the Kansas City Chiefs. I know some of the scores got gaudy in those games, but it was 12 personnel, 21 personnel, big heavy groups where the Patriots by design, good offensive line, quality running backs, were just controlling the hell out of that and making sure, hey, they had the ball last with their guy instead of Mahomes getting a shot at this late in the game. And so if you're the Lions, that's naturally going to be something that works we've heard a lot from ben johnson and company kind of speaking sort of vaguely about all the things they're planning on doing with jameer gibbs in that backfield their young draft pick out of alabama we saw him do a ton of things there so that's going to be interesting sam laporta comes out like they've got a bunch of stuff in the middle of the field they can try to do to hurt you that's all built off of listen with ben johnson who was one of the biggest off-season coups them retaining him as the offensive coordinator that's one of the most creative run designers in the nfl and so i absolutely think it presents a problem in a way that the Lions were already going to lean on heavily but now becomes even more of an advantage that uh, listen 
on the other side, defensively, we know the Chiefs want to throw a ton at you. They're going to be a team always that's hyper-aggressive, that blitzes a ton. But when you do that against a team that's got as competent an offensive line as the Lions do with this as their bedrock, that becomes pretty dangerous. Let, let me tell you, if the, if the Lions can control the middle with the running game, th- what a huge coup that's going to be. And, and, and that could put Kansas City in some trouble because they're going to be able to control the ball as Mike said, but with Gibbs and then Montgomery as well, a two-back system of how then they can go to the outside, how they can line up to the outside. Because if you're running the middle, you're making the defense kind of tighten up to the inside, which can open up things to the outside too. You you end up controlling a lot of the game if you can control between the tackles. And that's certainly something Detroit's going to try and do. You know, that's a really good point. And especially when we're talking about Gibbs, I don't know how you guys feel about him from last season, but I, I think he's the ultimate, and you can you can show him down the middle all you want, but he will make plays on the outside. Mm-hmm. And just that variability, he's a guy that I think has to be big in their game plan. Knowing that Willie Gay's out there, Drew Tranquil's on this roster now, how do you try to combat that in where Gibbs goes around the offense? Well, I mean, the, the, one of the first things you do is is uh, he's a rookie. You know, you're not going to say, oh, my God, you know, we have to, you know, double this guy or bracket this guy or be, you know, over the top on this guy. He's going to have to show what he can do. So I'm, I'm not coming into the game just because he's a first-round running back and saying, man, we got a game plan around this guy. You're going to run your defense, and you're going to have your guys on defense that are responsible for him be responsible to make the plays. And then whatever happens in every game, there's in-game adjustments to what's going on in the field. That's what happens every series when you come off the field. What's happening? What are we seeing? You know, what what is this guy doing? And now if Gibbs or Montgomery is having a game, then you have to adjust on the fly. But right off the bat, I mean, you're going to play your defense and expect your players to make plays. Yeah, and I mean, it'll be interesting to see who they use in covering him because he is a guy I'm sure they're going to move around early, try and get a read on that. And then especially, and this is what we talked about with Spags being a guy who is going to throw the kitchen sink at you a lot, and I think is going to have to even more so without Chris Jones out there, is now all of a sudden you got to be aware of that guy leaking out when you've got man blitzes coming here. You've got to have somebody ready and aware for that. And so how Ben Johnson deploys him early on, I think, to try and get a gauge on, all right, which of those linebackers or safeties is going to draw the assignment in certain situations out of certain looks is going to be a really interesting port of the early game chess match, especially with as much blitzes we expect the Chiefs to do you know this is the first step forward in what is a very long season especially if you expect to make your goals but senior when you take a, a look at this whole season overall and where this Chiefs team is is your expectation that they should be able to get back to that Super Bowl or is this really trying to find your way more so than we've seen from them in the last couple of years no they should be able to get back to the Super Bowl the the, the issue is is of the two conferences the AFC is much deeper so once you get to the playoffs and getting it, it, it's so different in college where once you get that second loss in college, you're basically out of the playoff picture where in the NFL, you could, we've seen teams make it with a losing record. So it's all about just getting in now for Kansas city. They spoiled themselves for the fact that Mahomes has never played a, ge- a playoff game away from Kansas city. So they're kind of used to that, not going on the road and playing somewhere else. It doesn't mean they can't do it, but they haven't had to do it. So my expectation is for them to be right there at the end, but it is a deep conference. And listen, we know Cincinnati has had, you know, some success against them as well. So while they deserve to be the favorite, one of the other favorites, it would, let me put it this way. It wouldn't shock me if Kansas city didn't make the super bowl. 
it would not shock me because there are other teams that are really, really good in the AFC that, that could have them when it's one and done once you get to the playoffs. That's why I'd prefer they not have any funny business and just pay Chris Jones. Yeah, like, yeah. It's one of those things where, yeah, you can eat this until week eight and go that route. But to dad's point, the AFC is the Thunderdome. If you don't have a future Hall of Famer or an MVP candidate at quarterback, you're not really even admitted to the party. And so if you're them and the margins are that close between a Cincinnati team that's been trying to remake themselves and your likeness so much that they took one of your best linemen from last year and signed him this offseason, or this Buffalo Bills team that's been just on the outside of that duo looking in and dealt with some injuries at the wrong spot here. Like, with that upper crust of the AFC, it's going to be about who's healthy and peaking at the right time. We know for the Bills, it's going to be about when Von Miller gets back on that defense is the difference maker. So if you're the Chiefs and your goal is to go back here and continue to maximize this roster while you've got it now, I know we're going to talk about the Kelsey stuff, but like he's going to be 34 here soon. These guys aren't going to stay young this core forever. And so it's your responsibility as an organization to make sure you keep giving yourself the best chance and having Chris Jones in the building as early as possible in this year's AFC is giving yourself the best chance. Well, let's hope that Chris and his representation as well as Brett Veacher work on it right now to hear your words. Yeah. Folks, that's Gojo and Golik. Check them out. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thank you. You got it.